context is, for me, everything changes really quickly. And not because realities are changing, but because realities are different. So depending on where you are in those realities, like I can be fully attuned to a certain reality. Um, and then because I have to move to another one, um, that reality is no longer terribly relevant to whatever I'm thinking about, seeing, doing, whatever. It's, it's actually kind of that past baton scenario where someone else, some other collective, some other energy is now running with that one. And I no longer have to be there. So, you know, in, in large part, that's why I stepped out of the conversation around the COVID-19 stuff. Uh, for me, it was already history. Um, so to go back into that spot um, uh, has to be something... <laughs> Yo, Yasik! <laughs> oh, can't hear. Um, so to go back into that, we can't hear you. Okay. Um, I got you. Okay. Okay. So to go back into that space kind of opens me up a little. In fact, as I talk to all of you right now, because you are all in different versions of this story, I feel quite expanded in order to be able to hold that. And to, to be expanded means to feel a bit sort of vibrating um, and not necessarily grounded, but being grounded or not is not a positive or negative thing. It just means you're expanded to hold more, uh, more information, more energy. Um, so I guess what I can do is just just start with a bit of a refresh. I mean, I think all of you have a bit of an understanding about how uh, the conversation, the dialogue, the structure about polarity has um, informed me in terms of where we are today. It's informed me in terms of all of evolution and all of uh, humanity's emergence into the world and, and where we're at right now. Um, full stop, we're in an extinction phase, but we're also in new beginnings. And so each of us are in a different part of that story. Um, and that's all good. We need uh, a structure. So one doesn't leap into, uh, one doesn't leap into the future or into the new without first sort of, and this is a, a conversation I have with Ashley actually, it's like, there's a scaffolding. <laughs> and that scaffolding needs to hold the old while we traverse into the new. Morning. <laughs> Hi friends, sorry I'm late. No worries. Um, uh, so, you know, I might bounce around a little bit again. It's a little bit more linear if I was just talking to, you know, one or two of you at a time, but uh, I'm not. We've got a group and that's, and that's all good. So what I will speak to is um, uh, a little bit what I wrote to you about the COVID-19 stuff. Um, and again, I'm gonna preface this by saying that this is my experience and my knowing of it from the path that I've had to travel. So everyone's gonna have maybe a different uh, take on it and that's totally cool. Um, the, it's in, in my knowing, it's not about the virus itself, it's about creating a frequency that is the common denominator to all of humanity. And that frequency is fear. And um, that's a really convenient one because it doesn't 
single out only those who have, you know, climbed the ladder of enlightenment or whatever, <laughs> uh, nor does it single out those who are fearful. It kind of, it, it, it associates itself with everybody. Um, and that's an incredibly handy, uh, valuable and instrumental um, tool to use for bringing everyone to the same wavelength. Um, it's a vibrational reality. And, what, and so while there is uh, consequences to that that are known and understood um, from a source perspective, those are sort of accepted consequences. And, you know, I'm going to say things throughout this that may seem uh, to someone who is not familiar with how this, you know, my perspective on things, it may seem cold or callous. I'm just going to call it pragmatic. Okay, because at this point in time, I, I don't want to just sort of, if you're constantly catering to the to to, you know, making things tidy up with a bow, you never actually get anywhere. <laughs> you, you actually have to deal with things in a fairly pragmatic way. Um, so yeah, so I see the virus as a, a common denominator. I see it as uh, something that creates a vibratory reality within each of our DNA. So the DNA that we are brought into this lifetime with is, as you know, a culmination of all that we are. So it's important to recognize that our current day thoughts about this right now, our fears or not fears, um, how we're influenced by others in our world to think about this, um, doesn't really matter and and in that way it's quite a blessing so for example I have no personal fear about this virus about contracting it or anything like that but there are people in my family that that do and that doesn't mean that I'm going to uh, tell them that they shouldn't have fear um, it may be very real that they should <laughs> Um, because of the reality that they're living in, but also it doesn't really matter. It's, it's not about should or shouldn't. It's about the conversation of recognizing that we all have a different relationship to this that needs to be respected regardless of where we are um, in that reality. Um, so the next phase that, uh, and I'll sort of jump to this, is the, the, the fear place brings about a vibratory reality that then is the next level or the next step in this. So while the fear is global and has had amazing effect at getting people to, um, basically getting the world to shut down, there's fantastic, um, fantastic results around this, which is getting people to really focus on what matters the most which is um, those of us who hold the middle, those of us who are uh, the workers in society, those of us who are the front lines, those of us who bring food to the table. Um, it really kind of simplifies life to kind of help us reprioritize and refocus. And like I said, this is not new. This is, this is the stuff that all the messengers, all the prophets of all time have always been saying. Um, so now we're living it. Now, I can, feel, <laughs> I can feel Ashley. Where are you, Ashley? <laughs> <laughs> I 
what you got to say, girl? <laughs> yeah, you can feel me. Oh, we've been long time waiting. That's all I have to say. And it feels yeah. so good to be here now. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> right. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop off at some point, Ashley, and maybe I should do that sooner rather than later. Um, no, I'll hold on it for now, but it does speak to what we do with this story, okay? And whether we take this to the masses or whether we, whether this becomes our own personal story. And that's kind of a, 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 a fork in the road that, that we're going to speak about. And it's relevant to me as well. Um, okay, so the first part of this is the fear place, the bringing that level playing field in. The next part is really quite elegant and quite intentional. What I'll, and quite yeah, quite intentional. What I'll say around this is that um, for me, I'm speaking the words. There was a time when this, my whole body knew this to be true. At the moment, I'm just speaking the words as a memory, okay? So what, what came through for me is that our DNA will respond to this global um, reality individually, meaning, you know, I just said that our DNA is a culmination of who we are over all of our history. And so we're all quite specific. We're individuals at this point in time. And that's a really important concept to understand is that source has individualized his herself into all of this in this current reality. And basically put a period at the end of that sentence and said, we're all here now. As in, there's no next. That reincarnational wheel, that notion of that, you know, we're going to move into another life and experience a different perspective or, or, or aspect of ourselves. Everything is here now. Who we are is here now. Whether we exist as an individual or whether we exist as a collective or whether we exist as like a small soul group somewhere in the middle of that. Um, we're all here now and interconnected way and then interconnected in a much 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 larger way because we are this human organism so if we use the analogy of a body um, when a body gets sick you want to take care of it so for example if a body gets a cancer you do what you need to do to remove that cancer from your body that analogy stands in the source sense of the word too so if source is a, is a body then there are cancerous cells that are being excreted or expelled from this reality. Um, and that is to allow for a healthier version of self to come forward uh, as, as a whole. So next up, um, post-COVID-19, post because the caution is that, and you see this, I mean, I've been watching the news, which isn't something that I do very much, but the uh, articulation out there is that this COVID-19 virus is the enemy. And if we fight it, we're going to be victorious over this enemy. And that's, um, that's the sort of thinking that isn't super helpful because it simply takes us around in another circle again because it fails to recognize that the virus is our own self. And so if we're fighting our own self, we're simply throwing ourselves in another cycle of misunderstanding and, and uh, wrong thinking. Um, so, and for the whole, right? So when you encompass the whole in that, basically the whole is now catering to 
misinterpretation and uh, thinking that is of a specific level of evolution that is no longer uh, needed for when we go forward. So um, if we're constantly catering to a thought pattern intelligence that is currently history, and we're and we as sort of people who hold a larger perspective are constantly sort of coming back here to try and create understanding where understanding cannot take hold, we are facing backwards when in fact we should be moving into the future. Um, so what happens for this next phase is disease. So while the COVID-19 uh, sort of war is being fought and it will be won, the acknowledgement or the understanding from a source perspective is that we will fall victim to that thinking and we will emerge victorious from this thing and we will um, continue with the us, us versus them thinking. We will continue with the thinking that has uh, us living within constraints rather than one within freedom. We will continue within thinking that um, uh, keeps us on a cycle. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna hand this one over to Ashley because she's got some better words. Do you want to take this one, Ashley? My um, my words will go to whoever can articulate it better. Go for it. So talking about um, walking in a new way. Is that where you want me to go? Yeah, walking. Uh walking in a new book and recognizing that um, the current dialogue, unless we move beyond it, literally cut it out of our system, cut it out of our body, will constantly draw us back to it. Yeah, so we have a pattern, a very deeply embedded pattern of staying in our stories. It keeps us falsely empowered. It keeps us attached to the pain body, you know, whether it's the overweight, the underweight, the ex-partner, the parents who didn't do their job when we were small. These are illusions of power that we continue to hold on to. And what happens through that is nobody's really free within the system. We're not free and those outside of us aren't free who are taking on the burden of our stories. So I believe what Raina is alluding to is the fact that in order for us to be free beings, free of the disease, that encompasses us, free of all of those designs, those human designs that we attach to, in order to play small, stay safe, um, and stay in the rhythm of our intergenerational pain patterns. We cannot progress, we cannot move forward, as long as we're tied to our old stories, our history of being, which wants to keep us in the struggle. It wants to keep us in the illusion of sufferance. Mm -hmm. And I'll jump in here to say that that history is something that in order to move beyond, we have to recognize that we have that history is exactly what got us to where we are in the most positive sense of the word. Um, the travels through polarity have allowed for us to be individuals, to be here now, to have a difference, to have perspectives, to have um, um, to actually be in physical form because to be in physical form is what allows for change to happen that allows for linear time that allows for us to create history without embodiment we can't create history this is uh, a whole other topic that's um 
would be really interesting to go down at some point in time. I won't go there now, but we need this physicality. We need this to be a very conscious experience in order to facilitate anything different that has come before. So I uh, give a deep bow to those in my family who literally cannot understand, you know, a conversation like we're having here today. I thank them from the bottom of my heart. They are resistance because they need to turn away. They need to be history. And they're actually doing, in my case, me a favor because my natural inclination is to turn around and lend a hand. My natural inclination is to want to bridge that and create understanding. And so they literally have to say no <laughs> for me to go, oh, right. This is not where my energy needs to be. I love you. I thank you so much for allowing me to be the future because you are saying no thank you right um rain can i add to that as well mm -hmm. because you reminding me of that insight which i i i knew i knew that i was meant to turn i, I knew that i was meant to um really face that crossroads and make a decision but i wasn't making that decision i was dragging people along who weren't meant to be dragged along and it was heavy and it was weighted and it defeated me feeling on purpose it defeated my beingness in this lifetime so i thank you rain for that reminder i think just about 10 days ago that shift happened for me and i realized how much more lightness and how much more flow and how much more purpose i was able to transition into by not convincing them of my perception of the story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 40 years in this lifetime, but anyways, <laughs> that's history. That's history. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's huge to know and understand that. And I'm going to jump to another concept right now that speaks to that, but is also really important to understand. This is a small grouping right now. All of you know that I have been really, reluctant to be um, out front as a teacher, meaning that um, speaking to masses by this platform or in person or whatever is one way of getting, getting the word out. But another much more um, source endorsed in my case, a way of doing that is to use the fractal um, reality of this universe. So meaning that the, how many of us are here? seven of us that are here today are each template slash we're, we're not you know super unique <laughs> if i can just come at it that way um we're pretty predictable in terms of who we are but more than that the matrices that make up who we are have certain patterns within them and those certain patterns relate to certain themes within uh humanity at large so for me to talk to Bahar, for example, uh, never mind, she's a unique one. For me to talk to Ashley, for example, is going to connect me to a collective that can hear this without distortion, okay? Because if I'm giving the message, Ashley's actually vibrating on the same thing, that message then goes out through that vibrational reality. As opposed to me talking to a bunch of people through their brains, which can take lifetimes to attain to or understand, you come at it the back way, right? 
And then that combination of that vibrational reality, as well as your, I'm going to use the word epigenetic factors, meaning simply your environment, finally kind of, and it takes less time, finally brings those realities into um, an experience that becomes true. Okay. Experience is what makes things true for people. It's a, it's a, it can't just be knowledge alone. And most of our world operates on, on knowledge alone. Particularly in a crisis like this, it's information as opposed to experience. Now the experiential part of this is going to, this is, I'm just, again, coming back to the notion that this is quite an intelligent design. Um, in order to create ends, there's no, there's nothing that's coming at you from on high. There's no God above that's saying, you're going to make it and you're not, and you're going to make it and you're not, in terms of what this future looks like. Um, please know that source and all the aspects of source um, subject themselves to the same realities. So it's a matter of subjecting yourself to all the vibrational realities, and it is your DNA, the library of who you are, that is um, the factor as to whether your beingness is um, able to navigate what's, what's coming. And if you can't, a lot of what that looks like is disease. So dis-ease, okay? Um, so what I can hear within my own system, my own body right now, because it's fairly expanded, is a lot of sort of, you know, resistance to that notion. Um, and that's okay. I mean, that's something that I have to hold within myself, knowing that of course there's gonna be resistance to that notion. It feels like, again, we're trying to move away from us versus them, but it sounds like you're reinserting the us versus them conversation. It's a much longer conversation to show how it's not that. There's no, from a 3D reality thing, there's, there's nothing about this that is nepotism. <laughs> um, I can tell you that throughout my experience the past eight years, I have held fear in my body like you wouldn't believe. I have run dis-ease through my body. Um, and I have been willing to exit this world um, if the vibration of my body is not functional to the whole. I've been through that a gazillion times. And um, that's what we're seeing in the world today is these vibratory realities simply manifest either as an awakening, either as a deepening, either as greater understanding, either as um, you know, a real sort of honing in on what's really important in this world and what systems do we need to support to ensure that we have a wonderful world. And I don't mean here magical. I mean, it is magical, but I don't mean that, you know, we're going to be like superhuman beings. What I mean is we need to find our new foundation and our new foundation is um, a system that supports all that we are. Ultimately, we have a system that no matter where we land in, in future lifetimes, we're going to be happy within. I don't know if that's jumping too far ahead, but if you are an avatar source being and you are responsible for a large collective of quote unquote individuals within your larger self, 
no matter where you are in that version of yourself, are you going to be content to land there lifetime after lifetime and then switch up and be another version of yourself in another lifetime? It's a bit of a concept. I maybe I won't go too far down that road, but basically the, the idea is where you land in your system, whether you're a farmer or whether you're a business person or whether you're a parent or whether you're you know, a worker on a cranberry farm or whatever, are you going to be content within that? Because it's not about station anymore. It's about your contribution to the whole. Um, okay, I'm going to leave off on that. Basically, the short, short version of the information I got was that next up is disease. That we don't get much of a reprieve from our victory over the virus. But what that does transition is it transitions to different conversations. So no longer is the virus something global that everyone can get. And so everyone must be fearful. It turns into something more individual and personal, which is disease. Yeah. Can you touch upon separation and unification? Touch upon that? <laughs> That's huge. It's huge. <laughs> um, okay. Um, we're moving towards a unification of what is sustainable within um within this human organism as a whole we're leaving behind what isn't sustainable and thus separation in that regard is true it's only true from kind of a 3d perspective only within this dimensional reality can we adhere to that truth and actually operate from that place. When you take that truth and go into different realities, it, it's not as true anymore. Um, what we think of as whatever we're leaving behind eventually returns uh, through source but it no longer has the same consciousness or intelligence associated with it. It becomes, I'm struggling with words here, but just to make it easy, it becomes pure. So in the same, like if you're to picture kind of a ladder and we're making our way up for better or worse, a ladder. We don't, you know, this is a conversation I was having with Ashley. We don't sort of focus on the rung we just came from and spend our time contemplating, you know, the place we just were, we need to go up. And then we, what we recognize is that this, the rung we left, actually ends up up here somewhere, but not until we've left it. <laughs> and not until, and this is actually going to be an important thing for you to step in on, Sal, the how we leave that is incredibly important. Not all of our society, not the general population, the general population isn't going to necessarily be able to understand how to be the, the, the space, like a source channel for that energy to come through so that it gets relieved of its whatever it was carrying, its source, its grief, its, its, um, its loss, its fear, whatever. So there are those of us in this world who will be the channel through which those um, energies or aspects move through without the continuity of that of that uh, personality without the continuity of that self that has a story associated with it 
Does that kind of touch on it a little bit? Yeah, I think um, you had mentioned earlier that history will no longer be. Yeah. And so that, that part of the history no, will no longer be and the separation, the suffering uh, versus the unification, the wholeness, the oneness. There was a little bit of a, you know, space in between all of that. It's like, okay. I'll jump in here again. It's a, it's again, going back in history for me to talk about it, but I'll just do it as a reminder and maybe we can address it in more depth in the future. Um, but the patterning has all has been thus far towards unity, but the word unity is separation and unity are very simplistic and, and they're too simplistic for this time that we're in right now we actually need to hold difference within unity. Neither of those things are sustainable on their own. Unity sounds amazing and people get these notions about utopia and everything's gonna be bliss. Um, that is just one part of a phase through an awakening process that people can attain to and know that vibrational reality. But then we need to drop back down into this reality and recognize that that needs to be integrated just into life. Um, so life needs to be not just one vibrational bliss vibration. It needs to be the whole orchestra. So we need to have some difficulty, some struggle, some, some um, uh, you know, things that create difference and interest and, and a sense of being here and a sense of accomplishment. You don't get any of those things. You don't get accomplishment. You don't get sort of satisfaction. You don't get a feeling of, phew, I feel really great today. If you don't have difference, if you don't have separation, if you don't have polarity, um, you need friction. Friction is creation. The polarity, just plus and minus, is, is only becomes storied into sort of positive and negative in this reality, um, and only at the extremes of this reality. Otherwise, when you bring them closer together, they are the tools of creation. They are creativity. They are everything that got us to this place. Um, and, you know, deep, deep, deep bow to that. So we don't want to negate that. We don't want to have no polarity. Um, but we want to bring it into a body of God that allows for us to enjoy that polarity um, and play in it and be in life. I mean, life is the culminate, life is the result of polarity. And uh, it's an incredible, incredible, beautiful gift. So yeah, so separation and unity, it's just really, really old terms um, for me. It's, it's about moving beyond that and recognizing how you need both of those things to create uh, a world in this dimensional reality. If you don't wanna be in this dimensional reality, then you are in a, um, usually you're in collective sort of, you're in collective bodies where individuality is less prominent, right? You're in a collective body where um, it's a very sort of shared telepathic um, 
environment and that's one part of creation, one part of reality. Uh, but though, for those of us who choose to live here, individuality, which is the progression of that experience um, down into, into beingness, down into this, is, uh, is, is I'm going to speak for me, it's where I choose to be. I like it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like I said, from the story that uh, I came through, disease is up next. So we don't get a reprieve from this notion that we've won against this virus because that'll send us back into uh, false thinking. Um, so disease is up next. Um, and only... This part's a bit difficult to explain. I'm not sure that I have all the, the words to it. I can't explain it without falling into people's, again, sense of us versus them. It's not that. But I will speak to you a couple things like, right now the world out there is appealing to, um, around the virus thing, they're appealing to the general population to stay at home for the sake of your loved ones. Stay at home. Um, uh, because we don't want to cause further harm to other people in the world, and and that's uh, that's all really great. Who it doesn't um, appeal to, who that appeal doesn't reach, our personalities are a bit more difficult. Um, who don't care about that kind of uh, of dialogue. So, for example, the sociopathic or the narcissistic personality, um, those personalities that see others as not extensions of themselves but something that um, you utilize for your own gain so the people who are takers in the world the people who have attained to to power um, and built their their worlds their universes their uh, whatever around um, around uh, using people and that's been a really tricky, really scary place to navigate for me. Um, I've done all of the quote unquote work. And I, when I say I, I'm going to put that in quotes because I don't, you know, I'm just dragged through stuff. I have uh, no protections. I am not, I am the middle. I'm not particularly intelligent. I'm not particularly um, anything, right? And when I get dragged through these spaces, it is for that very reason. It's because I have, um, I'm a complete empath and I'm very transparent. There's, I'm, I'm open to everything. I have no doors, no protections. Uh, that circles back to the conversation around fear and, um, and, and what that meant for me early days, but I won't go there right now. But basically it was just let it all in. Um, and as you let it all in, you de basically develop your own immunity. So <laughs> that's kind of why you, you, your immunity comes from being open to everything. But that's not a conversation for now. That's a conversation for how we got to now. So the sociopath and the narcissist. Okay, so those aren't the people who are going to be necessarily um, impacted in the same way uh, in, 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 in the positive in terms of um, taking this uh, experience of a global pandemic 
and having deeper insights or thoughts about that or having an awakening experience. So that's, that's the aspect that is being cut out of this system. So how do you access that? Um, What's well, funny, this morning I was just reminded about, I had to go toe to toe with a um, narcissistic sociopathic t uh, personality um, in an energetic sense. Uh, and I was, I was working with one aspect of that. So for context, this narcissistic sociopathic personality was a collective, a collective being, meaning that this one embodied individuals has many versions of itself out in the world. Does that make sense to people? Is that a concept that you understand? Yeah? Okay. Okay. And so I was um, uh, in conversation and in relationship with, a, with one aspect. Um, now, the aspects that, that are an extension of this individual um, move outward. So this is where polarity comes into play as well. So while you have an asshole at the core, you can actually have a very wonderful person out at the periphery, right? <laughs> um, but there's still that tie and that link. And that's how that aspect learns how to function in the world, is they're constantly bringing information back from those extended versions of self about how to navigate. So it's not something intrinsic within them, it's simply understanding, it's just brain, it's just mind, okay? It's a different function, um, originally that was an aspect of source, but sometimes, but what we know is that aspects of source can travel off into uh, version self that are so far away from center that they're no longer representative of source, um, source desires, okay? And basically that line is, are they sustainable or not? And, and these aspects are ultimately self-destructive. It takes a while because they're so skilled at creating multiples of themselves and navigating. So I was uh, sitting with uh, this person and I could see very clearly in this person's eyes uh, the, the, the primary aspect, which is this sociopathic narcissistic personality. And, um, you know, again, I have, I'm, I'm, I am my environment, so I don't go in with any sort of like bravado or how I'm going to take this guy on. This was just literally, I have to just be whatever I am in that environment. But fortunately, I'm not just me. I'm also my other, my counterbalance as well. So this narcissistic sociopathic personality came through and I could feel him. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to take you down, little girl. <laughs> and... Uh, and, but very quickly too, I could also feel him access his other aspects as well, because he knows when to turn on the charm. He knows when to be kind. He knows when to like pull whatever he needs in to keep you in a 360 degree loop of confusion, right? It's quite, quite amazing. Um, so like I said, fear doesn't work so well. Like the kind of fear that's being perpetuated out there in terms of saying, you know, take care of your, take care of your loved ones, we need to do this, that doesn't work. What works for this kind of aspect is when you challenge its uh, power. So going head to head with this individual, he, <laughs> um, the expanse of me, I can move very quickly in consciousness. 
So very quickly, I, I went and found his weak spot. And when he recognized that I had gone to that place, um, all of a sudden he felt uh, a bit of doubt. And that doubt turned into a very slight bit of fear. And that was the only thing that was needed was simply that vibrational reality. He went, and I went, thank you very much. And it was done. Because all I needed to access was his fear. When I access his fear, that lights up the DNA, the genetic markers within his cell that will cause his own disease. Okay? <laughs> and it's basically, it's because none of this works unless you pull that discordant aspect out from the roots. You can't trim it off the top, it grows back. So you gotta get right down to the roots. Um, now in a larger sense in the world, we're seeing that the only way that you can access uh, fear in these individuals is if you challenge their power in the world, is if you challenge their um, um, kingdom. <laughs> Is this God? There's an E word I'm trying to think of, and I can't get it out. I can't get it into my head. Ashley, what's the E word? Empire. Thank you. That's it. <laughs> so the uh, is when you is when you when you tumble their empire. Now, for those of us who uh, aren't living in the high towers, we still exist that's not really an issue. Our, our being ourself isn't premised on, um, on an empire. It's premised on our family, our community, whatever. So, um, so just as an FYI, that work has been done. Um, the challenge has been made, the fear has been accessed. And that was a big, uh, that was the, that was the introduction. So I think I worded that in my writings to you guys that this is an awakening but for many this is an inverse awakening and an inverse awakening doesn't go so well it means death all of us know that when we go through an awakening we go through a dissolution of self that's just known as part of it and it's scary and it's hell but there are those of us who won't make it through um this dissolution of self with the ability to return to self um, for many of those sociopathic or narcissistic personalities, they have not been able to let go of self because that self has, has accumulated power and has accumulated a certain um, vibration around that power. So they keep attracting themselves back to that same story over and over and over and over and over and won't let it go. And this can happen over lifetimes. This happens over... Um, you know, there are those in power who will reincarnate and um, bring back to themselves those same circumstances. But yes, any empire as it ascends must fall. And so we're seeing big falls all over the place. Um, so, you know, again, I'm going to step in here and say this is my, don't, love, done. Sorry, never mind. Go ahead. Fear as a pathway to enlightenment is huge. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank you it, for that. Yeah. And it's simply, um, for most of it, like I, I wrote, it simply reads as the unknown, right? So we're always fearful when we move into the unknown. 
for those of us who are built for it, we move into the unknown and it brings uh, incredible insight, depth, dissolution, the return, um, and it can kind of keep going on. Um, but for others, it, it, it amounts to a breach birth, right? It can be very troublesome, very difficult, and for others, uh, their physicality doesn't sustain or doesn't make it through that process. Um, yeah, again, you know, I don't have all the words to explain this, but the, the knowing, the seeing, the feeling, the moving through all of this, I've been astounded at the elegance and the beauty and the, the, um, the utilization of all that is. We're writing our own story here. We're writing our own story. We are we are all going to move through this per our own story. And I, I don't mean individuals, I mean collectives, the themes that we are in the world that are going to be valuable going forward or not. Yeah, it's a big reset. How are you doing, Bahar? <laughs> For some of us, um, um, we've been waiting for the world to move into this place. There's this, there's been discomfort, physical, psychological dis-ease as we've waited for the world to move through, um, uh, to a vibrational reality. I keep using the word vibrational. It's, it's fine. It works. But it, the reason I, I hesitate is because it suggests one vibration. And it's not that. It's, you know, our whole entire body system operates, you know, as, as, a, as, a, as a, all these different vibrations speaking to each other. But anyway, there are uh, many of us who've been waiting for this, uh, the earth, the earth, the, worth, the earth to catch up with us and to, um, and there's more ease um, when it does. So, um, and as you know, there's so many awakened beings, whether they call themselves light bearers or grid workers or, or um, whatever. Um, many people have gone ahead to hold the structure of the new reality so that we can transition into that. Rain, can I ask how you're doing? Yes. Um, so how I'm doing is I am in the process of making myself redundant. So I do go ahead, meaning I'm, I'm already living beyond this curve. Um, and that's a good thing. But because the world isn't quite caught up, I, I keep sort of dipping back into whatever realities at different levels are going on. Um, and I'm pretty much at the point where, you know, I'm, I'm done. I think my work is pretty much done. So I'm glad you bring that up, Ashley, because that's my function has been um, utilized to its fullest. So, you know, when you intersect with source that's infinite, I was very like, 
you fucking kidding me? This is infinite. I'm, I don't want to keep doing this. This is hard work. And the response has been, yes, sweetheart, but you are finite. So the finite aspect that I am has been traveled in its fullest. I have given myself uh, away completely. And, um, and in doing so, that means that I can actually return. And I'm so looking forward to that. So it might seem sort of antithetical, but I've lived a multidimensional reality for a long time. I have lived those telepathic uh, realities for a long time. And I am so looking, getting, looking forward to getting back to like the five senses. Like that would be amazing. And that sort of inverse reality for me has given me such a huge appreciation for how we've gone from, you know, source to the splitting off into that positive and negative pole, that masculine, feminine, whatever you want to call it, and then further splitting off and further splitting off and further splitting off into all those uh, different vibrations and resonances, the angelics, whatever you want to call them, they are angelic, sorry. And then into the sacred geometries, like all of that is a constant splitting off and refining or defining, splitting off and refining and defining um, into physical matter. And so there's been this working from, you know, top down and bottom up to reach a middle. And we are the middle. And we are such a miracle. It's unbelievable. And so for me to get back to the point where I am me, um, my five senses uh, is, is fantastic. So I'm excited about that. Um, as a whole, our whole of humanity, I think, will find itself elevated in terms of its understanding and intersection with the world. Like I think like telepathy and all that kind of stuff will be more prevalent but um, for me it's really noisy <laughs> it's, it's a lot of information so I'm quite happy for that to be narrowed um, but I think maybe we can call it just sort of more heightened instinct or or, or and definitely more of a weaving or a more of a um, being in tune with the larger collective as a whole while still being individuals so our individuated aspects already worked out how we integrate as a whole is what's to come. And that seems so exciting to me. Um, it means the, the, the dissolution of all these old structures of commerce, etc., that have been built on a really false, false kind of shaky foundation. Those are going to be inverted. And we're going to have to rebuild on something uh, new and something that's more focused on interrelationships first and uh, what that looks like I mean I'm not an expert but it feels good I can feel it inside me and I'm excited and how long it takes I don't know there's a lot that's coming forward now there's lots of young people but there's a lot that needs to be expelled first before uh, it can truly come into the forefront so making room for that is the primary priority right now. And I'm getting that from source saying like, we've got to clear the slate so that what is ready to be born can be born. Um, 
you know, we're not recreating the wheel. A lot of good stuff is already here. And I've said to all of you before, I think in my writings too, that so much of it, we've got the love, we've got the light, we've got so many beautiful things already here, but it is a matter of subtraction. It's a matter of getting rid of some of the, the noise and the structures that are um, in the way of that right now. And I say in the way because those structures have a lot of will associated with them. And, you know, all of us here have different relationships to will. I have zero will of my own. I'm always the product of my own environment, but I'm also a litmus test, which means that my environment is always supporting me with some continuity within that. Um, Tanya has a lot of will. <laughs> um, and you can feel that with her but it's been utilized that she's able to use her will and create space within it for other people to be there as well. And that's her allowing. So you exist as both will and allowing, will and allowing, will and allowing that allows an inverse version of your reality to my reality, right? So the fact that you and I can be so different and still actually intersect is, um, is a real testament, I think, to the system and how it holds difference. Thanks for answering that, Raven. <laughs> I was feeling the resistance and the overwhelm and I want to depart, but also a sense of responsibility. I was kind of getting that um, energetically and I just wanted to understand it a bit better. So thank you. Right, so I'll actually be a bit more concise. I'll, I'll frame it for myself, but I will be concise because I think this does relate to you is at some point the story becomes personal. Mm. It becomes about you as an individual as opposed to you being a function within the masses. Mm. And stepping now down individuality, again, it's kind of the, it's the inverse and upside down. That stepping down indiv into individuality becomes kind of like your retirement. Mm. You're yeah. like, you're now the culmination of all that you've already done. Now enjoy it. Mm. Or are you still in a teacher role because there's value there. And that discernment place is up to you. And that discernment place also has within it some free will, right? So you may decide, I want to be teacher, but Ashley, know this, you are not an individual. Mm, I'm getting that loud and so, clear. So your system will, as a teacher, will run through every single time as you bring another person into the learning and the lesson that you are, mm -hmm. you will run it through your family. Do mm -hmm. you understand? Yeah. Yeah. So your members of your family that are sensitive to this will, will bring it up again. Mm -hmm. And you'll be like, we've already been here. I thought mm -hmm. that we dealt with this. Mm -hmm. Why is it cycling through again? It's mm -hmm. because you are antennaing yourself out to be a teacher mm. so you don't make so you so as the as the avatar soul in this scenario you have to look to your collective self and say how do they feel about it <laughs> and would i trade places with anyone within my collective self when i make this decision I've been feeling the resistance. Thank you. That's the litmus test, right? Yeah. Yeah.
How about you, Yasik? Hi, sorry, I was late. Um, and hello to everyone. I didn't say hi, uh, but it's the first time I'm using the program. Um, I think there's a lot to take in of what you just said. And I'm sort of stuck between the two worlds as well because I'm enjoying the rides and I'm also uh, close to my parents and they're freaking out. They're the ones lining up for toilet paper. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> um, but we had an ex incredible experience. Um, you were talking about things coming back and appearing uh, in a pure form without the story. And uh, we were in West Van the other day. That's when we texted you the pictures of the storm from far away. And we were out on a walk on the beach and we heard the thunder and we saw everything roll in. And then we got in the car and drove through the bridge, uh, Iron Workers Bridge. And this morning, um, I saw the image from, I think it was from Gastown that someone took from a rooftop of, of the storm and that eye of the storm. And I was there with my kids driving through it and it felt, I, I felt like the lightning was going to strike any second and it was elongated. That sensation was elongated. So if you could imagine all the hair standing up on the back of your neck for an extended period of time like you were inside of an electrical current and it brought me back to Kauai when we went for a hike and we got stuck in in, in a thunderstorm and every day there every day there was a thunderstorm and there was a story with that but this time there was no story there was just a sensation so it came it came around but without, without the story and and that that was great, you know. So that that's the ride that I'm enjoying. I, I'm seeing things visually more than empathetically, like like you have a gift to do. Um, but the other funny thing was um, that I wanted to share was about my car. And I remember being at your house and being a little sick, and that went on for about over a week. Um, and before I got sick, I went into my car and my whole car was covered in mold, like half an inch of mold everywhere on a steering wheel, on a dashboard, on the roof, on just on the seats, everything was green mold. And I thought that was strange, um, strange thing that happened, you know, so have to say that the car was sitting in the driveway for like months. That's why. <laughs> but it's never happened before. You know, it's, it's strange. But yeah, it was also great. It was like this, this thing just came and started to live with us. Mm. This, outside, out, this outside thing that isn't visible every day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we were both quite sick for some time. So, you know, like, I wonder if I had the virus and, like, got before everyone started to realize it. I think there are people who are wondering that. Um, 
I, before at Christmas, just before I left my my job, I was told by source, you're going to get sick. And I hadn't been sick in eight years. Mm. And I said, okay. <laughs> and um, and uh, the first bout of that sickness um, was to move through that sickness with love and know that I'm a litmus test. So know that this isn't something that I'm asserting. I am simply reading the environment. So that the first bout of that sickness, I went through um, with love, sort of no fear and just sort of feeling, you know, I'm just, my body is just processing. I'm letting it do its thing. Um, this is a really valuable uh, experience, you know, having, you know, what an what amazing thing to have a body that will purge for you like this. And then the next part of my sickness was me going through like a victim and, uh, and feeling, um, uh, you know, why, you know, why is this happening to me? Um, you know, why is, why is my body kind of betraying me? Shouldn't I be, be out of this by now? Like it was, it was quite interesting. And there was a, an interesting sort of split around, you know, the defining line around when I went from going, going through it with love to, to when it was fear. And, uh, and then a virus hit the world. <laughs> It's interesting, um, and I know I've spoken to you in regards to the jet fuel line, which is now moving into Richmond very silently. Notice that none, none of the reporters are covering this, none of the news stations are covering this. This particular jet fuel line sits at um, the foot of the river near, say, number six road, and they're very quietly digging deep into the core of the earth they have some new technology and this thing is maybe five city blocks away from my home which you know we're on an acreage we're on a cranberry bog and you know alr land is so precious but then you have this digging which starts after midnight every night and i um I gave uh, I gave you a call I remember and expressing how I have so many sleepless nights because it's like someone's drilling into my head. Someone is drilling into my head. I can put on a headset. I can do whatever I want, but I can't. I feel the electrical shocks of them doing what they're doing to take this jet fuel line from the foot of. Steveston Highway, uh, the, the river there, all the way to down 99 and down Bridgeport to the, to the airport. So they're doing this very, very quietly, they think. I did manage to get a hold of someone from the city of Richmond, and I had the answer, which would be the normal answer. That's out of our jurisdiction. That's a provincial or federal matter. And of course, you contact the provincial um, um, group of individuals that's handling this and of course there you go um, you're just another number and they'll try to keep it quiet but getting back to what we're speaking of um, there's a real shift in connection to the environment at this time huge in a huge way mm -hmm. because this is um a digging which is happening in the core of the earth taking this jet fuel line 
and yet I'm one with it. I'm one with it. No one else has complained about it. I'm the one person in this area, mind you, they're all farmland and how many of them actually live here, I don't know. But it's very, very interesting how your body at this time is just shifting into seeing the environment as a part of you. Um, has it got better? No. Is it going to get better? I don't know. But I think that there's a acceptance of whatever is happening right now. That's I think that's happening within me. Yeah. It's and very uncomfortable. Whoa. Yeah. So it's really uncomfortable. And you as an empath with the association and the orientation you have to the, the world and the earth is like speaking to the already converted, right? Um, you're preaching to the choir. So what's intelligent about this system right now is that the empathic function uh, was always a feedback loop for source, okay? But, you know, as an empath, it doesn't always serve you so well, <laughs> especially in these sorts of circumstances. But what's happening is, and I'm going to shortcut the information about this, in part because I haven't gone so far down the path to, to understand it fully, um, but I have the general gist, which is, now the disease, the discomfort that you're feeling and uh, the, the potential disease that comes as a result of that discomfort is going to be utilized. Um, it's like there's, our bodies are incredible. So and so, from a source perspective, it's amazing. So mirror neurons, um, that sort of reflecting back. So there was a system before that was a, a feedback system for source, okay? But now because we're eliminating aspects of source, source is kind of reversing or changing the pathways and allowing for the feedback to go not to the empath who's already on board and in tune with the whole system, but now that's going to be diverted back to those who are perpetuating, and I don't mean like the guys that are drilling, those aren't the issues. I mean the systems of our world, the intelligences in our world that are misusing or misunderstanding how to utilize um, Earth, Earth's ability to sustain us, um, will be feeling that discontent. Those who are the, you know, the takers, the ones who would simply utilize the Earth for all that she is for personal gain, right? So there's, that's where I say that, that there's, I'm so in awe of the intelligence that will turn this back around and now from a very deep rooted place, that version of source intelligence is gonna be pulled out and, um, and made to experience, it's like you, you, you eat your own tail. So if, if the, if you're, um, if you're motivated in that way, you're going to be feeling the results of your own motivation. Um, it's a much bigger conversation than just sort of individual people in the world. It's, it's, a, it's an energetic field and an energetic source. Um, but I do want to come back to that thunderstorm from the other day. Rachel, did you want to pick up on that one? Sure. So um, I did. Can you guys hear me? Okay. 
Yeah. I'm patchy Wi-Fi because of where I'm sitting in the house, but I want to be in this space because it's, it's sacred to me. Um, so that picture that I sent to all of you by email was sent to me by a friend and her father's friend took it on Thursday. But this, I, I don't really have a good concept of time right now. Like I'm not working right now and I don't know sometimes what day it is. But the storm that um, Yasek was talking about, for me, I don't think it happened on Thursday. So that's interesting to me. And I was, I was in this space and it started to hail. And then it really started to hail. Like everything was covered. Like it was like the roads were suddenly slushy. And there was, the, in broad daylight, there was lightning and I felt like it hit my house. Like the windows rattled and the house shook. And I love a good storm, but I actually like ran to my bed. I was so like, I was just like, so I wouldn't say scared. I was startled and I didn't know what was happening, but it didn't feel like a normal storm. And then when my friend sent me that picture yesterday, I was like, huh, that looks like it's really close to where I live. And there's been some, I live really close to the port and there's been some really interesting activity in the port, like I saw orcas two weeks ago in swimming in like towards the second narrows bridge. So I don't really know what any of this means. And it's all kind of, um, I suppose, like I'm just, I'm just witnessing it all without understanding it. I'm just watching, it's almost like there's this wave that we're all on and it's, I don't know what, what we're moving towards, but I know that we're moving. And that's, yeah, that's my experience. So I don't know if that's helpful. So, yeah, it is. So two things. First of all, the confusion, super functional, mm -hmm. okay? Because it keeps us from associating our, particularly, Rachel, and in your case, your role in this is coming up next which means that your, um, your confusion is quite functional because you, you, you're not attached, you're, you can't attach to anything right now. Mm -hmm. And because you can't attach, you're gonna be in the perfect place for you to step into your new role um, without sort of cycling back to your comfort zone. I mean, that's gonna be your natural inclination anyway, and that'll be woven into who you are because that is who you are. But um, you're, be you're being rewired, okay? So feeling tired, feeling foggy, feeling confused, that's all a part of it. That is not an issue. That is um, something. Yeah. I haven't been tired at all. Okay. Good. But I've okay. definitely had like crazy dizzy spells. Ah, okay. I had to lie on the floor because I didn't okay. know what else to do. Right. Um, is anyone else getting tones? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, so you're, you're, you're being acclimated. Um, that comes with all, so this is all, this is completely physical. And so, um, so not to worry yourself, um, around that. And I, you know, you've been on this path for a while, so I think, you know, just to kind of tuck in and, and weather the storm, um, coming back to the storm. So what are you, we're all energy all of this is energy so there's so much energy coming into the world right now um 
you know, one of the ways for this extinction process to happen would be for simply a meteor to hit the earth or for there to be m m mother nature to just like shake us all off, right? <laughs> and be done with us. Um, but the return would take, again, millions of years. And so what's happening is that everything's happening right here, right now. All the extinctions that have ever happened are happening right now and all of the new beginnings. So many of us have existed in many lifetimes previously. We've, we've been the, the, you know, the culmination and the fall of other societies. And so all of those remembrances are here right now. What we're trying to mitigate is people's, um, um, uh, so as people light up, their DNA is going to remember and it's gonna take them back to certain feelings about that. And those feelings aren't necessarily relevant right now because they're associated with another timeline. Now I'm gonna back up on that and say, Sometimes people's remembrances are relevant, but sometimes it's just move through. Just experience it, have it move through your body and move on, right? Don't hang on to it. But the other way that the world or that this, this you know, energetic um, reality that we are can express itself is through, um, through Mother Nature, through storms. So um, I've been told that there's going to be a, a, a this was like a couple days ago, and I'm always like, hmm, I wonder which timeline I'm on. Did that already happen, or is that happening in the future? He keeps telling me, nope, this is going to happen. There's going to be a big storm, and there's going to be an earthquake. But none of it is going to be harmful. It's simply releasing some energy that needs to be released that would be too misunderstood if it was run through um, some of the human bodies that are holding that theme right now. Does that make sense? Can I say something else? Mm -hmm. I was, last night I was talking to a friend on the phone and as my windows rattled, he goes, and he lives in South Surrey and he said, did you feel that? And I said, well, I don't know what you're talking about, but my windows rattled. And he goes, I think we just had an earthquake. Mm. And then he, he's a very intellectual person. So he wants to understand how things work. And he did a quick Google search and he said, oh, there was like a 6.5 earthquake in Idaho. And I said, well, is there even a fault line in Idaho? Like, do they have earthquakes there? And he said, and it was felt in Calgary. And he and I both used to live in Calgary. And I said, well, I thought Calgary was totally safe from earthquakes. Like, that's really weird. And I didn't actually, it was one of the things I'd intended to do today was to do some reading on that because it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> um, and that's where I kind of pass the baton to people is because I get information. If I were to follow all the information, I would be stuck in rabbit holes all over the place. So follow up what makes it, what, uh, what is interesting to you. But that's, um, my sense. What he said to me is that this will be local. Uh, this will be a storm. There will be an earthquake. I got the sense of Victoria or something, um, or off Victoria. Um, but it's simply to shake off some energy and that, you know, like God is an intelligence that is everything. And so um, I, I just find it really fascinating. He literally said, you know, about that Thursday one, this is an intelligence. Sorry, it wasn't Thursday. It was Tuesday. I just, uh, I just looked at my text from Yasik and Bahar. It was on a Tuesday. 
Um, this is an, intelli an intelligence. This is very specific, and um, and I'm and I'm running the energy this way because I just need to shake it out of the system. And this was something specific to Vancouver. It was something specific to um, this locale. This this fractal um, version of the world. Did I finish that conversation? That when you're when you're dealing with a fractal you can move very quickly through that fractal without distortion. So for example, if all of you represent a specific um, way that you know, this conversation is gonna go, you all have different associations to it and roles within um, the world for your, for your genetic makeup and your, the culmination of who you are, your spiritual and gen genetic makeup then speaking this way is going to cause less distortion than if we were sort of speaking to a, an audience of a thousand people. So using the fractal quantum universe um, is much more uh, efficient and uh, less distortion. And just to let you know, Rachel, about the ports, there's uh, huge amounts of fear stuck in the ports right now, huge. Um, my brother happens to be one of the head of the unions there, and um, they're all just out there buying toilet paper and groceries <laughs> because they know what's coming in the containers they know that there is not enough supplies coming through. They know that the only work that they've actually been able to do for the last little while um, were, uh, was work that was backlogged from the uh, blockades in regards to the pipeline. And so they are walking on eggshells. Most of them are male. And uh, so, you're you're probably going to feel a lot because you're so close to to a huge number of 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 people that are in fear constantly and most of them do not comprehend what is happening nor do they yeah they're the they're the other opposite of us so yeah 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 and like it's interesting because I go to New Brighton Beach every day and it's actually a place I go for solace and peace and, and it's right beside the port, but I find that there. And I've noticed that there aren't as, like there's far fewer shipping containers and trucks are leaving the port empty. So it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting energy there for sure. Mm -hmm. You know what's funny actually on that note, friends, is Rach, the other day when I ran into you at a left getting groceries, I was meant to go to New Brighton and I could not find it. And then I gave up and I turned away. So it's really interesting that the navigation is away from that and saying, that's not the place right now. Thank you for that reflection. And to lighten this a little bit, the other day, Krish was just standing here. I think it was on the Tuesday and he's like, mama, did you feel it? He goes, the earth was shaking beneath my feet. And I'm like, oh. I didn't feel that at all. And then it happened again. And he's like, mama, do you see how connected we are right now? So his recognition, for example, wow. of the new way of this interconnectedness is it's so present. And it's me holding on to the old story of this is maybe what it means. And 
does this happen in Vancouver frequently and do we need to understand it? So that was a little bit of a shift in, um, in yeah, just appreciating um, that the release is happening. Whether we pick up on it or not, it's there's those that are feeling it and those that aren't. And I think it, to me, it sort of feels irrelevant as to, um, as to what the, the specifics behind it are, other than the fact that it's just going through its natural course. Yeah, it was kind of fun. <laughs> it's fun to have a little guy in the house who's, uh, who's hyper, hyper um, attuned. <laughs> what you got, Tanya? Myself. I've just been thinking about how blessed I feel to be where I am and being able to connect with nature because yes, I have a lot of will, but I've been having a lot of freedom and just letting go and surrendering. <laughs> um, yeah, I surrendered yesterday and I rested all day. I didn't do anything, just hung out at the house. And it's the first time I've done that since this all kind of started. So that felt good. And then every day taking some time to just get out in nature and just be, just be a human being and stop trying to do all the time. So, and I feel blessed to be here with all of you today and getting to share because we're all experiencing a little bit differently. And I guess my question for you is, I've been called to start connecting with small business people I know that I refer to and work with quite closely all the time. And I feel like I'm a bit of a bridge between where they're at and where they could be and have had small group conversations and will continue with that. And I guess I just have to listen to my, I answer my own question. I just have to listen to myself on how much I can share that they'll actually comprehend and understand about this. I think that's a really good thing to bring up and a good segue for me is, um, there comes a time where it doesn't really matter how much is understood. This is all pre-written at this point in time. Um, and, then I, and then I sort of split off because I know that when I touch down with people in an individual way and I allow for, or I provide some context. So when I'm speaking with people individually, I can be much more concise, I suppose. Um, and you provide the context and then there's some kind of like aha moment, like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense and that helps. And so then I go, okay, well maybe there, there's value to that. Like I, I can do that that's not a problem for me. Um, but I think for me, I'm constantly toggling back and forth on that. Like how much is needed to know and how much do we just kind of move done okay okay so here's what's dropped in for me just now <laughs> um and actually this has been a conversation for a little bit but and it alludes to what i was saying before is that i do need to jump off the conversation i need to actually sink back into being just me for a little bit because that's where my life actually starts to take off and take place um while i'm doing this kind of work, I am uh, constantly opening up and reaching back, opening up and reaching back, opening up and reaching back, and never really just being right here. 
And that's been fine because it wasn't the time, but now is the time for me to kind of just be right here and, um, and sit back and just observe for a while what's going on. So I think that's what I will do. I'm gonna step out of the conversation again for a little bit. I know that I'm uh, said that I would speak with, you know, people individually as, as needed. And um, I will, but I think I need a little bit of a reprieve from that simply to come back into um, my, what do they call that? The still point, <laughs> which isn't a still point actually, it's just me, being me, me. Um, there we go. And, uh, and, then I, and then I think I'll be able to step back into things after that. But yeah, I think I have to make a con conscientious effort because I'm constantly feeling like, yeah, no, that's, I just need to take a break. And then as soon as I connect with somebody, I'm like, right, here's what I can do or say or add to or, yeah. Um, so there, that's my official announcement. Stepping out for a bit. Passing the baton. Thank you, Rain. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Um, there are people that I wish that I got talk to, Bahar. Right. I wish I'd gotten to speak with you more individually, but uh, I feel like you and Yasik have each other's back and the space between you is going to get clearer and clearer and clearer. And by space between, I mean the aspects that um, uh, you have navigated, Bahar, to hold um, the version of life that you are here with Yasik. Um, I mean, I just, I bow down to you, my friend, in terms of the periphery that you have walked and uh, what you've endured and what you have um, allowed to be in this world on behalf of your love. So to both of you, I thank you very, 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 very much. And I know that um, the road that you've been on will get clearer and clearer and clearer to you in understanding. And I look forward to how you articulate that in the future to those who might benefit. Yeah, I'm already definitely feeling <clears throat> that space between and it's a very nice space. Yay, that's because you did the cleanup girl. You danced the dance. You went to hell and back a whole bunch of times. <laughs> 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 and that's how we clean up that space between, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's these pinpoints that represent a certain aspect of, of source. And, um, and, you know, whenever these, these, those polarities that pull apart, what falls in between is the story of that polarity. And in order to come back together, you have to navigate whatever that story looks like, and it can get pretty rocky. You're resolving the uh, discordant energies, and those discordant energies turn up either uh, within your own self as your own polarity, or they turn up between the two of you, or they turn up as people that fall in and become the story around that. Mm -hmm. And uh, you two have hung in there and uh, have a lot of admiration for that. Thank you. <laughs> Sal?
Yes, you may. So Sal, um, the answer is yes, you may. Um, for the rest of you, there is a resonance. The, anyone called to do this work um, at different points in time in, in the evolution of the world, um, your physical being becomes kind of like you know, source beams all this energy into your body, all this photonic light, whatever it is, and that creates um, a, uh, that creates a vibrational reality or a re resonance that envelops the world. So, um, yeah. So that resonance becomes available to anyone it becomes an open source kind of library but this is um new information so part of my role has been to uh traverse history um do it within my own body create the period at the end of that sentence and then be new information as as well so that's been my very specific work and um, it's available now in that sort of library <laughs> of resonance that's out there. And Sal's able to tap into that pretty, pretty easy. So have at her, girl. What it does, it allows that information to come out through that individual and to their cohort and their audience in a way that uh, speaks to them in a way that maybe I wouldn't be, no, you could, I could, okay. But in a way that speaks to them um, and reaches whoever it needs to reach. Yeah, and, and just, before the, just before the call, I was sharing with, uh, with Rain, I'm not one of these people that likes to take something without um, permission. Um, and of course her downloads, I believe are her downloads. And um, I had a um, group of individuals, actually there's about, I'd say 14 to 20 of us at a time. And these individuals are from all different walks of life. Um, and the underlying thread that's within each of them, whether they're aware of it or not, is that they are connected and some of them are in complete denial and some of them are totally embracing everything that's coming their way. Um, and I had arranged for a particular day after this whole, um, you know, lockdown to create a meditation circle and just bring everyone in. And the intent was that if I can show them and they can get a sense of an experience, then maybe I can teach them and now they can teach others. Um, and during this time period, I had one individual who knew that this particular day was for the meditation. So we had a number of people come in. He came in and he's like totally why are we doing this? This is the space isn't for this and F bombs. And then 
he, you know, someone asked them very nicely, you know, this was prearranged. And if you're uncomfortable, just leave and come back in half an hour when the meditation is over. He leaves, he comes back in 20 minutes. And talk about seeing the other side of who you are as the collective. And under his breath and every single one's in deep, deep meditation, it's like, F this again, and then off he goes. But the beauty of that was for all of us to actually see, to see what was happening. And to experience what was happening. Because those experiences are everywhere around us all the time now. And it's how you're going to react and see it for what it is. And then out of that beautiful um, experience, um, I was able to get a group of four of us that were going to come together and arrange like a six week, once a week so that I can actually teach them so that they can help others. Well, what happened is that um, two of the people showed up, the other one didn't. And the ones that did got the benefit of a part of Rain's download. And I went into this altered state like that. And I was like, okay. But the, the beauty of it was that the vibration that came down through me went out to them. So I have one sitting in Texas. I have the other one sitting in Romania, right? So I'm just like, this, this has got to be the coolest position to be in mm. under lockdown, right? So anyways, I delivered what Rain had expressed, just a part of it. And they went into, into such a deep, deep connected place that it was so hard to pull them back. Um, I came out and there was this noticeable shift and they, they felt it. They experienced it. They witnessed it. They verbalized it. And I was just sharing with Rain that, you know, when we take ourselves out of the picture, all of a sudden what's supposed to come through comes through. And the ones that are supposed to get it, get it. And so I was fessing up to the fact that, you know, I did take about four or five lines and I did say it was a good friend of mine. And the next day I get an email saying, please do share this. I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah, exactly. I mean, whatever, whatever my role was in this, um, I can't be proprietary about that. Uh, if I'm proprietary about that, that, um, associates me with a point in time and that point in time right now is called change and I know that I exist beyond this change so I am whatever I am is then given away freely and it will land with whom it needs to land with because that's already figured out um yeah so that's that's that I'm, I'm remembering it sort of, it's sort of, I don't know how relevant it is, but I'll, um, I'll show, it's just sort of going back to about the storm thing. Um, and I'm just remembering an incident that maybe can articulate a little bit, uh, more about that. And then I'll, I think I'll drop off the call, but uh, a number of years back, my couple of friends were doing a road ride in the Yukon. Um, 
and uh, they asked me if I wanted to come and be a support person. So this is like the MEC team and some other people. Um, and uh, I could come along and be the person who drives the truck for them. And this is a big, I can't remember what it's called, but it's a big road ride in the Yukon, from the Yukon to Alaska. And I was like, this sounds great. Um, and at the time, of course, I was very deep into, I'm, I'm always really deep into this stuff, but um, I was also being called to the Yukon. <laughs> so, so this was the way to get me there. So landed in the Yukon and the energies uh, came to, you know, welcome me. So I'm in the airport and I'm being inundated by these sort of energies that are, you know, she's here. Thank you. And these energies are showing up, not just sort of energetically, but in the eyes of all the people that, you know, I'm in, I'm, that I'm, I'm around. Um, as we stop to get some food, there's just sort of these like looking and, and checking me out and, I never really have any context for this, so I'm always a little bit like, mm -hmm, it's okay. Um, but part of this was facilitating the further dissension. So ascension is one part, descension, as I've talked about before, is, is the next. And we're working on descension right now, a lot of us. And that's a harder ride. <laughs> um, I shouldn't say harder, it's a different ride, or rather a lot of people haven't caught up to the notion of descension again. People are liking the idea of ascending, that sounds very attractive. Descending doesn't have the same ring to it. Um, but these, these aspects uh, that had been in the Yukon for eons were recognizing or were being told that it's now time for them to come forward. There was a, and honestly, I, I could probably go into it now, but I won't. But the, I guess there was a, a I'm not going to say civilization, but there was just sort of an avatar soul there. And um, it was now time for this avatar soul to descend more into humanity. But to descend creates more polarity. So a lot of these aspects are waiting for the right story to come along. I'm a story that mitigates the polarity that would otherwise be experienced. So this uh, bike ride is a big thing. Thousands of people show up into this tiny little town, which is literally just a crossroads and a cafe and a gas station and whatnot. And, um, <laughs> and I'm told that um, in order for the dissension of this aspect to happen, with the least amount of uh, impact in a negative, in any negative way or a negative sort of tangents around that um, means that we're going to have a storm. And so this was, this was June. We arrived there. It was uh, mid-June or something. It was beautiful blue skies and the forecast was amazing and everyone was psyched to do this ride. We went to sleep and woke up the next morning to this much snow on the ground. <laughs> and I could feel it, I could feel the aspects descending, but they were going to do it through a storm. And so we woke up to big snow, uh, the race was canceled. <laughs> and, um, but, and, and the race was canceled, but despite that, everyone's spirits were high. And people still had a wonderful time. This is a sort of ride where everyone gets dressed up and, and uh, wears ridiculous things. Some, of the peop some people still did the ride, other people did the ride like the next day, but officially the ride was canceled. Uh, but that's sort of an example of how those energies will utilize what is at their disposal to express. 
This is all just about energy expressing itself. And, um, you know, what I can say at this point in time is all of you are vehicles for energy to express itself, intelligent vehicles for energy to express itself without causing um, distortion or harm. So for many of us, that's why, that's why we're doing, that's why we're doing this work. Uh, is because we're able to hold ourselves responsibly. And if you have any questions about whether you're holding yourself responsibly, just project yourself into those various aspects that you are and, and ask yourself, would I trade places? Would I trade places with that aspect of me? And would I do it happily? And would I do it in service? Are you able to uh, touch on the cop? Ooh, I forgot about that one. How's our timing? Uh, we are uh, quarter to one now, so you're near the two-hour mark. Mm. Um, so that came through. I mean, it was beautiful to know and understand. Um, and again, the knowing and understanding kind of went through, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's incredible!" And I was encouraged to write it. I, I think now that my role in that is done, I can probably pass the baton on that. And, and Sal, if you want to take that one up, I think that would be great. But just for a quick reference, um, I sort of spoke to it earlier. It's about how do we who are able to hold a specific, I'm just sort of channeling right now, a specific sacred geometry so that we're able to encourage people who are passing through at this time, um, not encourage people because in order to be the vessel that allows people to move through and we do it with such love that any fear or anything that's carried forward is mitigated. But you know what, Sal, I'm going to leave that to you. I'm already feeling like it's a history for me or whoever else wants to take that one up. If you want to take it up, it's uh, you, oh, do you want to show your books out? Sure. Well, I just want to share again um, the connectedness that we all have. Um, I was looking for a particular book, and I have a tendency, and I'm sure many of you do the same thing. I end up buying stuff, and then I know that at some point I'm going to be led to re read. So this is a book that I purchased probably about 10 years ago. Never touched it. And then all of a sudden, last night, I knew that I was having this call with, um, with Rain and everyone else. And this book kind of jumped out. And I opened it to this page. So just it, so it's, it's little, you're gonna have to read it. Effects of strengthening the Ka. So the ability to accomplish this feat of uh, magnetizing desires occurs as an interface between the actual strength of the Ka and one's degree of spiritual understanding. But the key to this particular chapter, which I think is really, really incredible, is that, and again, I only read it for like two seconds, and I thought, okay, well, this is going to be my next read. Obviously, this is what I have to get into. Um, as much as I have 
gone down the path of sacred geometry and the Egyptian mythology and understanding of life and being born in the Indian. Um, one possesses a strong ka without a spiritual understanding of its significance, then the ka cannot be full, fully utilized. Conversely, if someone has a high degree of understanding but has not taken up the task of strengthening their ka, then likewise the ka cannot be fully utilized. And what is the ka? The ka is your inner light, which is strengthened to be able to, to project out the luminous body. And so it's your radiant light that comes out. So I have not read it, just to let you know that this just fell out. So this is definitely something you do need to pick up when you can. Mm -hmm. And I guess page 119, after I read it, I will give you definite um, feedback on what I understood. But without you comprehending, now I, I know that my understanding of going up the ladder is that if you've got a lot of emotional trauma that you have not looked at, then you're carrying extra baggage which doesn't allow you to move forward. But at a certain point, when you get to a certain level, thank God I met Rain, because now I can stand at that point because I've lived, experienced, and gone through and dealt with all of this got to this point and I'm making my way up here. But the key is that, yes, I have been given this physical body to go ahead and say, hey, I could spend all my time up there, but then why did I take this physical form? I took this physical form to be of service here. So you do, and thank you, Rain, for bringing me to the point of understanding that that's where I want to be. But only when you are aware of what you've been through, but not to forget, not to negate, not to, you know, all of that served its purpose. So that's the, that was the, uh, the beauty that I live with today. Because I look and recognize that everything, everything around me, is serving me as much as I'm serving it. And that's that point. So if you want to build the ka, just remember that everything, everything physically that you've been through served a purpose. And that, that recognition and, and embracing that part of you is so, so special, so sacred, which when you're going up that ladder, I'll tell you, you think, oh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm going in with the stars. But no, you're not. Because you're needed here now. Thank you. Yeah, that was well said. And, then, and I'll, you know, I'll add that from my experience, multidimensional reality is really all of you now we are multidimensional be beings and so we ended up traveling <laughs> i'm just gonna i'm gonna shush now 
<laughs> uh, I'm going to shush now because I need to shush now. Thanks, friends. I've got to jump off. Sorry, Bahar. Okay. Oh, sorry. Oh, I just wanted to uh, share with Rain and everyone uh, this book that just appeared in this room that was storage when we were organizing. Um, and I made me think of you. Uh, and I'm really excited about this. This is going to be my next read. Yeah. Awakening the Spine. Um, and yeah, good timing because I need to do more yoga and it's hard to do it by yourself. But um, yeah, maybe this book will help. Good stuff. I think for you, Bahar, you've actually, uh, you're actually beyond that, but it'll actually give you the cognitive understanding of where you are now. <laughs> Thank you, friends, for this morning together. I'm in so much appreciation of us just being able to sit in our differences and take it in and also see, see the sameness in that. And all that's coming through me in these last couple of weeks is embodied leadership, embodied leadership. We are source and we are the humanness. And that middle point that we're talk talking about, it's really now. You know, we put together this couple of weeks. Summit. I had no idea what it was about. Just, you know, the, the call was so strong. You know, away from my kids, let me rest. And then as we got into it, I just recognized that it was an opportunity for us to co-create. You know, 40, 50 leaders came together and said, how can we move away from the identification and the way we've served and who we are within this ecosystem and all stand at the helm together. So I'm seeing you as, as incredibly embodied and empowered leaders and I have no doubt that this is the new way. So thank you, Rain, for <laughs> being of so much service in that, in helping us recognize the potentiality because it is tremendous. And on that note, we're holding a forum now even though my body's telling me to go sleep. Um, so I'm going to jump off, but I love you guys and I'm so grateful. Thank so you, grateful Andy. for what you do. Mm, yeah. I lots jump of over and watch yours. Okay? <laughs> Are you sure you want to? I'm late. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So much love. We'll see you soon. Bye, okay. friends. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Sal, can we end it now? Yes. Okay, so thank you so much, everyone. Maybe next time we'll, we'll make it personal and together instead of virtual. Mm. That is another tangent of this, is recognizing the importance of proximity, physical proximity. We can do telepathy till the t cows come home and, and, uh, and our systems that we have right now are a little taste of how we can live without proximity um but again from that source perspective and from that using the five senses perspective uh, proximity uh in my story is where it's at i vote for a potluck yes <laughs> oh yes yeah. yes yes <laughs> that would be nice okay <laughs> love you all Okay. Enjoy okay. your day. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.